Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly writers club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the classes tab. Hey everyone, I'm Allison Langer and this is Writing Class Radio. On this podcast, you'll hear true personal stories from the students in our class and learn a little bit about how to write your own stories. I'm Andrea Askowitz. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. By heart, we mean the truth in a story. By art, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives, writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out our shit. Shit. That's how Allison always says it. Okay, there's no place in the world like writing class, and we want to bring you in. This is the final story in the Andrea show. Aw. I know. I'm kind of liking it. Well, don't worry. I'm sure we'll bring you more Andrea stories, but at least just, well, I guess just not in a row. Maybe. (laughs) Who knows? Stay tuned. You never know what we'll do around here. Andrea is my co-producer and co-host, and she has been writing an essay a week since the day she turned 50, May 30th, 2018. In the stories we've brought you in this series, I have been Andrea's primary editor, and I love sharing the process with you. She mostly takes edits much better than I do. Um, In the previous seven episodes, you can hear some where she took them better than others, This one in particular sort of wraps everything up, (laughs) kind of goes through a bunch of stories that it's like a culmination of all the pieces I've edited in the last year or so. Yep. So if you're just tuning in now, this story talks a lot about what it's been like with Allison as my editor. Before we get to Andrea's story, here's a word from our sponsor. We're back. This is Writing Class Radio. I'm Allison Langer. This story was actually just published in this great real print magazine called The Writer. You can also get it online. Um, It was published on December 12, 2018, and it's called The Hard Edits, Why Everyone Needs an Editor Slash Friend. Like me. (laughs) I emailed my friend Allison, a story I wanted to publish. The story was about my experience volunteering in a foreign country and how I discovered something I don't like about myself. I'm entitled. It was embarrassing to admit, but I know that to write a story worth anyone's time, you have to tell the truth, even and especially if the truth is ugly, which means you have to be willing to get vulnerable. I thought I had done that. I thought the story was pretty good. Allison emailed the story back. The subject line said, Call me to discuss before you read edits. Oh, no. She doesn't want to hurt my feelings. I've been teaching memoir writing for almost 10 years and taking memoir classes for 20. Allison has actually been taking my class for as long as I've been teaching. Three years ago, we created a podcast we host together called Writing Class Radio, which is all about writing and editing. We've even developed a method for giving and receiving feedback. We've built careers around workshopping stories. Edits are part of the game. I give tough edits. I take tough edits. At this point in my career, I don't want an editor to waste my time with praise. I'm in this to get better. We use track changes, software for digitally editing stories, and the story I sent to Allison came back covered in crossouts, 
deleted sentences, and invectives that showed up in red. Just three paragraphs down, Allison wrote, I'm sorry, I'm not going to keep reading. A few paragraphs later, I noticed she did keep reading because she wrote, I love you, but any other reader is going to hate you right now. A paragraph later, Allison wrote, Get vulnerable. Vulnerable, all in caps. Why do I care? She didn't write, shut the fuck up, but that's what I read. Heavy breathing, sweaty pits, fast heartbeat, fight or flight. At the end, she wrote, you cannot put the story out there. I don't remember how I ended up playing strip poker with one of the hottest guys in my high school, but at 17, I remember feeling like the luckiest girl in the world. We got down to one sock and underwear. The hot guy got a hard-on under his tidy whities I wanted to touch it. He motioned for me to follow him into another room. There was no mistaking what he wanted. I wanted it too. But I didn't go. That night, I sat up in bed and wrote the hot guy a letter. I wrote that I really liked him, that he was the sexiest guy in our school. I wrote the letter as if we had something between us, which we didn't. I'd known him because we went to the same school, but this was the first time we'd been in the same room together, except for classes. I wouldn't even have called us friends. I wrote my guts out. I got vulnerable. I said the reason I didn't follow him into the other room was because I had a yeast infection. It was the first time I'd ever gotten one, and I was embarrassed. I knew they were common, but I didn't know if it would smell or be yucky. I wrote all that, including, so I didn't think I should fool around even though I wanted to. I'm pretty sure I wrote the letter hoping he'd give me another chance. Before handing the letter off in the halls, I showed it to my friend Janet. Janet has become a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, but even in high school, she knew this note was way too vulnerable. She wanted to drive straight to 7-Eleven for matches. She said, burn it. You cannot let this get out there. I know I said I don't want an editor to waste my time with praise, but I really do. Once after a student's story went through a brutal workshop, he skulked out of class. Outside, he told me he expected the class to throw roses at his feet. He is an excellent writer, but when he said that, I thought he was the most arrogant ass alive. In retrospect, I see I'm exactly like him. After all these years of writing and editing, I expect to get a story right the first draft which, by the time I send it to Allison, is really the 20th draft. I sent Allison another story about my fear of getting old. In the story I wrote, I love my period. Allison deleted the line and wrote, Who says that? I felt my face burn. Shame. And then I went for a bike ride. When I got back to my desk, I burst out laughing. Oh God, she's right. That's so stupid. On a completely different story, Allison wrote, I don't like your metaphor. You sound like a crazy person. I usually ignore her when she says I sound like a crazy person because sometimes those lines turn out to be my best. This is the job of the writer, to accept the edits that feel right and ignore the edits that don't. The problem is, Allison's edits feel right most of the time. Still, when she says I sound like a crazy person, I've come to trust that I'm on to something good. Her critique of my metaphor was harder to take. My whole story was built around the metaphor. She wrote, If I were you, I'd start over and just say what you mean without trying to be so writerly. 
writerly? Allison was accusing me of being fake and trying too hard to sound smart. Fuck that. I didn't once use the word ergo. Start over? Is she crazy? I know sometimes my stories need to be scrapped altogether, and sometimes maybe I do need to start over. Most of the time, though, my stories need to go through many drafts. And yeah, metaphors can sound writerly, but metaphors can also be the best, simplest way to tell a story. Here's one. Stories, especially mine, are like children. They start off adorable and with so much promise. Then they go through an ugly teenage boy phase. They're all greasy and their noses look too big for their faces and they have that fuzz on top of their lip that needs to be shaved. If you nurture them and shape them and direct them properly, they'll grow into beautiful adults. So I kept writing and lashed onto this note. Say something vulnerable or you sound like a dick. I knew Allison was right. Being vulnerable builds trust with the reader. We're both fans of Joyce Maynard who said, write like an orphan. And Anne Hood who said, Say the thing you think you cannot say. And George Saunders, who said, Stay open, forever, so open it hurts, and then open up some more until the day you die, amen. But Janet was right, too. After Janet saved me from sending that letter, I learned it's possible to say too much too soon. Ultimately, it's my job to decide when and where to be vulnerable, because there's a time and a place. Getting hard edits always makes me vulnerable. So I sit back, take a deep breath, and accept. (laughs) So I love this story, of course, since I'm clearly represented all over it. And because I've already had the chance to put my two cents in. What we'd like to talk about is what we've learned through this process of writing and editing essays each week. Um, Okay, can I start? I'm going to start. Go on. All right. First of all, I've learned that it's a shitload of time, like crazy amount of time. Um, Am I supposed to thank you? Well, for all yeah. that time. Thank yes, you. you Thank you. Okay. No, but you're very grateful. And anybody out there getting edits from anyone, even if they piss you off, be grateful. Because it's not just a quick pass through. I'm not going to like just go through, give a bunch of line items and send it off. I have to really think about like, what is this story about? And if that question is not answered, then it's not going to be a good story. I do a quick round, I pass through, I figure out what the story's about, then I send it to Andrea, usually say, call me to discuss, or this is great, or this is shit, or throw this out, or whatever I tell her. And usually she doesn't listen anyway, especially when I say throw it out. She'll call and we'll discuss it, and like, what is this about? Can it be saved? What's the work that needs to be done? I'm a person with strong opinions, right? In case anybody out there doesn't know that already about me, and I like people to listen to me. If I'm going to take the time to give you my opinion... When you don't listen, I'm like, why did I spend all that time working your story when you did what you wanted to anyway? But what I've realized in this process is that sometimes I'm not right. Oh, this is good. Yeah, it's painful. It's painful. So sometimes when I reread her story, you know, when they get printed on Medium or whatever, and I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, she made meaning of that. So I get why that was in there. So sometimes it just took clarity to make it fit into the story properly. That's something I've learned. Um, Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, I know that you wanted to talk about the dick pics theme 
in one of our episodes, Andrea did, if you haven't heard it, it's it was called Dick Picks. Um, and I thought there was two storylines and I, I wanted her to cut a whole storyline. Yeah, and I didn't. And um, and actually, the editor at um, Huffington Post, who ended up publishing the story, really liked both lines. But what I what I learned in that experience is that sometimes there's an an element in a story that's not actually essential, maybe because it's being told twice, but it's also not distracting. And it happened again with the Achilles heel story, and that is the one I think that was last week's episode, episode fifty seven where we asked our listeners to weigh in. Did you or did you not want to know about my training schedule? And 100% of the people who weighed in, and it was six or seven people, wanted to know how many times I ran four miles and how many times I rested and did cross training. They wanted to know. Back up. I was 100% right on that. 100%. There's seven people. What kind of like statistics are those? Those are no, the no, no. statistics. We... <laughs> okay. I have heard from various listeners that they didn't need the training schedule. This no, just wasn't did. in writing. Um, no, sorry. At least one. We did a... Pr- yes. Really? Yes. One? I swear. Well, swear, that person swear. didn't officially vote. And <laughs> the official voting came in and 100% of the voters said, we need the training schedule. I mean, the truth is we probably didn't need it. But it was, again, not distracting. Yes, absolutely. So editors, great to get their opinions. You don't always have to listen. Um, And thank you, listeners, for voting. Oh, God. But what I wanted to say was that um, it is really hard to listen sometimes. And we've mentioned this in other episodes that sometimes when you get the edit, just to take a breath, take a take a walk, do something, go away from the story, think about it, really think about what um, what that opinion is from that editor, and then you can make your change. But it, sometimes it takes a moment to say, wow, okay, this is what this other person thought. Let me Let me really think about that before I make my decision. Anyway, okay, so back to me. The last thing I will say is that you and I have a process of being tough with each other. And that doesn't always work with everyone. So I've learned that sometimes I need to be gentle. And so that's that's another not whether or not I can put that into practice. Oh God, is yeah. another thing, hmm. because we are who we are. But it's important to find an editor that meshes with you well, that understands you, that has you know that works with you well. So it doesn't always happen. So I've learned um, a few things in the writing of these stories. So I've been writing these stories since May 30th. It's been probably, I'm on story number 34 in 34 weeks. These eight stories that we've aired are eight of those 34. But what I've learned in this process is every single time I go to write a new story, I feel like I'm starting over from scratch, from zero. And it's such a terrible, daunting, scary moment. Mm -hmm. So Um, what do you do about that? What I've learned is that when when I write to a prompt, like if I prompt myself and I time myself, and we did that together with my Christmas tree story that was one of these episodes, and your um, your holiday card story, writing to a prompt works so well because what I've done is I've trained myself not to edit in my head, just to write, 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 write on the page. And then sometimes something comes of that. I've also learned that it is so hard to figure out what the story is about every single time for me. I hardly ever, I don't think I ever sit down and think, okay, I'm going to write this story and this is what it's about and then go. For me, it's always like, I think I'm writing a story about one thing and then it turned into something else. And 
I'm happy about that process in the end because what happens is I discover something and I hope that the listener or the reader discovers it too. So there really is a fresh discovery with each story that I write. I hate that I have to go through it. I'm like, God, what is this story about? Oh, I have no idea. But um, when I get to it, when I figure it out, I'm like, yeah, awesome feeling. And then the last thing that I've learned in this process of writing writing and writing and writing is that everyone needs an editor. Every single person, not just me, everybody in the world. No story goes to publication without editors, plural. No story. That's what this episode is called, and it is so true. Yeah. All right. To find all of Andrea's weekly essays, which she started when she turned 50 on May 30th, 2018, go to writingclassradio.com. We post them all on our blog. And if you already have a Medium account, you can go, because I think you have to have a Medium account to go here now. Medium accounts are free, though. Okay. And if you if you don't mind signing up for a Medium account, which they are free, go to medium.com slash at Andrea.askowitz. And clap for every story 50 times if you don't mind. <laughs> for sure clap 50 times. Definitely, definitely. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Andrea, for sharing your stories. This is the end of season six, but we're working on our next season and we'll be back on your feed next week. So look for us. Hey, listeners, we want your stories. Send us your best true personal stories. Go to our website, writingclassradio.com. Hit the submissions tab for our guidelines. Then before you submit, listen to a bunch of our episodes to get a sense of what we air. Being familiar with style and content will up your chances of becoming famous or at least getting published on any publication. Writing Class Radio is produced by Virginia Laura, Andrea Askwitz, and me, Allison Langer. Theme music by Justina Chandler. Additional music by Poddington Bear. Writing Class Radio is sponsored by and recorded at the Launchpad at the University of Miami. This episode is sponsored by the podcast Made Visible. There's more writing class on our website, writingclassradio.com, including video classes, stories to study, and editing resources. If you love this show and enjoy all the extras on our website, hit the support us button. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.